You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hey, Kevin, uh, you know what? I, I've got something to show you. I, I hope you're sitting down. Now, you know, I, I went on this holiday to the Gold Coast or the Sunshine Coast, really, and uh, really enjoyable holiday. And we've got something up here called Meter Maids, or down here, depending which way you look at the globe. I always call it up here because, well, we're at the top. We're, we live in Australia. You're on, you're on the bottom. No, no, we, we're, we're at the top. The world's upside down, Kevin. North is up, south is down. Not according to my, uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, bottom line, <laughs> I'm going to show you something. Hold on to your hat, because I was, I was, I was going to send you this postcard, but then I wasn't sure how your wife would receive it. So I kind of thought, yeah, I better show you first and make sure that it's actually approved at the older okay. household. So there we go. There is a Sunshine Coast meter maid. Zool coming out of my mouth. Uh, that's a beautiful meter maid. Um, Did she, does she want to see my 25 cents? <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't think anyone wants to see that. And ladies and gentlemen, what Kevin was trying to say was welcome to episode 104 of the Geekiest Show Ever. Kevin, what have you been up to this week? I know that I've been holidaying. I've been... I, I, look, I, I, I walked past on the beach, topless bathers. And I'm not talking about men. I'm talking about women. Oh, my God, I was in absolute heaven. And I was also a pervert, but let's not go down that track. I was just in heaven. Uh, yeah, you were a pervert. Let's go down that track. I like that one better. <laughs> Look, I can't uh, help it. You see a pretty girl, you're going to perv. I mean, you know, sue me. So is the bruise on your forehead from Gretel smacking you? Yeah, and there's one on my backside too, but, you know... What can I say? You know, it, it was fun. It was enjoyable. And, uh, hey, I, I even stripped off and, and got in the water and, and, and swam. Oh, and For the last time, no. <laughs> you know what? I did so much this last week being on holidays. Normally you think of holidays, you go and eat and so forth. But we were going around and doing so many different things. That I ended up losing three kilos, so that's actually pretty good. I was I was quite happy with that to lose three kilos. I just got to keep that up, and you know, then next time I'm up there, I'll look even more buff for my uh, trips to the spa and the swimming pool. Well, if you use the right kind of wax on your head, you'll look more buff. <laughs> I got to say, I'm losing some of it now as we speak, and you know, right down the center, it's, it's kind of losing. So. And anyway, here you uh, you had a nice time mowing your lawn. Oh, blimey. I, <laughs> it's, I, yeah, I it saw the meter made you mowed the lawn. I mean, I, I'm jealous of you, Kevin. Yeah, don't be. The, <laughs> you bastard. The, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, mowing season once again here in lovely Virginia. So I had to get out the mower and bless its little heart. It started right up and let me mow right away. It was so much fun, I just couldn't stand the fun anymore. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, oh, I'm, I'm sure it, it was about, a lot of fun. I, you know, honestly, I, I was supposed to uh, do the mowing last weekend, and that was the weekend that we, of course, went away. So I'm like two weeks overdue. I'm looking at my lord, and I'm going, oh, you poor darling, i got to get out there and mow you. So maybe after the show, if I feel like getting energetic and, and doing something after lunch, I might go out and mow the lawn. It is a Monday, but, hey, any day is a good day to mow the lawn. Yeah, full of shit. You <laughs> there you know is what? no good day to mow the lawn. Every day is a good day. You know, seriously, Kevin, I, I, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to do a career change. I like what I'm doing, but I could quite easily be a gardener. Now, I hate spiders, as you know, and, and bugs some, oh, you know, I'm not... I'm not one for that. But I could honestly get into the gardening type of thing. I like making a garden look good, and nothing pleases me more than when I kill a spider. So, you know, it all works, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I I had to get out there and mow, and then we had to rake up leaves and trying to see about if we're going to plant garden this year. Vegetable garden, I should say. Mm-hmm. 
and all that mess. And I had to clean up the the bunny rabbit that spontaneously exploded on our in the backyard. A bunny rabbit so, exploded in your. Uh, what have you got in your backyard? Was was this a poor little bunny rabbit that came around at Easter? Um, no, it had been exploded for probably a little longer than that. No, it was funny. I have to tell you last. Actually, this was last week. My wife told me, she said, there's something back there. She thought it was a squirrel or something that something had gotten. But I went, but I went back there and I started cleaning up. I found a skull and then I found the two hind legs from the lower part of the legs. And I said, oh, those legs are kind of big to be a squirrel so i figured out it was a rabbit and then there was a pile of hair and a blood spot on the side of the foundation of the house so oh poor little bunny rabbit i have a feeling a fox had a little meal so oh, you get foxes and we've had all are. kinds of animals oh yeah we have foxes yeah i have a feeling that uh that it got in there and drug it because a fox is the only thing of any size that would eat a rabbit that could get in the backyard because mm-hmm. it's fenced, but the uh, we've had. I mean, actually, that was a rabbit. I have found squirrel parts basically in the same area. Not a whole squirrel. Have yet to find a whole squirrel. <laughs> God. Well, okay. So, what won't the fox eat? I apparently the tail and one leg, one front leg. Well, that, that's kind of all right because I mean the tail's close to the poop shoot. You won't yeah, want to be tasting the- that. But he ate the poop shoot. Oh, so. oh, oh. And there we go. Totally human number one. And we've had like two or three birds that have died under the deck. And then uh, what else has died? In, all the animals seem to come up under our deck there and die in the same near the same spot. I don't know what it is. It's I'm glad there aren't any damn elephants in this part of the world. I'd have a hell of a mess in the backyard. I have an elephant ma- graveyard. Ma- ma- well, maybe you've got your house built on top of an old Indian burial ground or something. I haven't found any old Indians dead back there. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and on top of that, my grill. I have a nice gas grill. The one thing I do like about summer uh, is being able to cook on the grill in the evenings after I come home because during the winter it's too dark to see to cook mm-hmm. on the grill. So that's one advantage to summer. Summer one, winter 347,281. But anyway, the uh, this stupid bird, it's some sort of black-looking bird, has gotten in up under the lid because my grill cover got messed up and came apart in the cold and cracked, which they do every couple of years, and I hadn't replaced it. But this dumb bird has gotten in under there and made a nest about three inches thick that covers the entire surface of my damn grill. Now I gotta go in there and dig all that crap out, scrub the grill really good, and then I'll burn it, you know, for, run it up to about five, seven hundred degrees for thirty, forty minutes to clean clean everything out. Stupid ass bird. I, That, can, that is disgusting. There are trees everywhere. <laughs> I back up to the woods, and this dumbass thing has to nest in my grill. This is the second year, and I didn't catch it in time this time. I, I, I swear to God, if I catch the bird on the nest, and it, since it has an electronic igniter on my grill, I'm going to torch the bastard right then and there. <laughs> That's funny. It's bird, bird soup, anyone? Some kind of damn blackbird. It's just driving me up a wall. <laughs> All right, you, you and the great outdoors, Kevin. The great outdoors does not like me. I am not. I serve my time in scouts, pooping in holes in the wood. Maybe I pissed off the outdoors doing that. I'm not sure, but <laughs> yes, my yes, listeners, that is how you do it when you're out in the woods, especially Boy Scouting. They taught us: you dig a little trench, you pile the dirt beside it. When you have to do, you do your business, then you throw the dirt on top of it, and don't wipe your butt with poison ivy. But, you know, other than that, it's pretty straightforward. I'm going to ask, and I don't know why I'm going to ask. What? Did you use toilet paper, or did you use leaves? Uh, I actually, uh, to be serious, I actually used to take uh, this special kind of 
biodegradable toilet oh, paper. That you thank God. I honestly don't know how nature people can just get a few leaves together. And uh, I mean, what did people do before toilet paper? Seriously. Well, in this country, they used corn cobs after the corn had been cut off of them and dried. There was always the odd Sears and Roebuck catalog. You're kidding. Corn cobs. Yeah, nice rough surface. Scrape everything off real good. I tell you what, it would be good if you had an itch there, I guess. But yeah, Solve two problems at one time, my friend. <laughs> and then there was always the old joke uh... about Sears and Roebuck catalog. You take that in there and you just rip the pages out as you needed to and use that. Except you didn't like the shiny paper. That just didn't do you any good. It was no, too it smooth. just went right on through, yeah. And then you get the paper cuts and they're just very painful. Oh. So, That's yeah, nasty. I think we should do the history of toilet paper one time oh, on the show. That'd be absolutely brilliant, actually. Figure out who came up with it, why they can't... Well, we know why they came up with it. But i got to tell you, Kevin, I'm, I'm sort of getting sick of the toilet paper and sticking my hand up me butt. I kind of want some automated thin. And uh, I know the Japanese have these little squirty type things, but it's like, really? Do they really work? I, I don't know. It's called a bidet. Oh, well, get all fancy-dancy on me, Kevin. It's either that or shove a fire hose up your butt and do it. Well, that'd work. Clean it off nice and well. Damn right. It, no, it's bidet. It's a actually. I don't know where they originated. By the sound of the word, I would assume France. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the two. You have one that's your regular toilet, then you had another one that you sat over top of to do the washing off of everything. So, you know. But then, like, I, be- I, 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 but then you get wet down there. I mean, what do you do to dry it? Now, the Japanese have gone one, I don't know, but the Japanese went one better than the one I saw. They actually had a dryer, too. <laughs> but, you know, does it get it all off? I mean... How the hell do I know? <laughs> you're, you're the sewer guy! <laughs> Process it after it leaves the house. <laughs> it's our responsibility once it exits the building. We don't infect inside the building. <laughs> That's funny because after we had that last conversation, we had uh, Summer, a Hartsfield, our one of our dear friends, yes, uh, at, was asking me about that because she was somewhat fascinated. She said, what happens to the toilet paper and other stuff? And I said, well, what most people don't realize is that stuff breaks down in, as it travels. I mean, the toilet paper comes apart into indistinguishable. You can't even tell it's there. The solids that come out of your body, I'm being polite here, also break down. So it's that's what makes the water look gray-colored that's coming down the sewer line. It's all that stuff just breaks down. The one thing that you see the most of a lot of times in the in the sewer lines are somebody tries to flush something like a set of keys or something like that. That doesn't break down. And what else doesn't break down as much as it should or as quickly as it does, should, does other things do is – the, uh, you know, laundry detergent. When you get foam coming down, you know, when the washing mm-hmm. machine dumps and dumps all that, that foam hangs around longer than almost anything. I mean, it right. does dissipate, but you'll get froth coming right on down through there, and then it picks up the gray water, and you got gray froth, and yeah, it can be rather unpleasant to look at at times. Okay, I, I've got a question for you. So all this shit's running down the pipe to the big system that deals with separating the shit, and then cleaning out the water and so forth. Where does the shit end up once it's been separated and you can't separate it anymore? It, depending on the treatment technology. There's lots of different treatment technologies. Uh, the traditional treatment technology, at least in this country, is all those solids are settled out. They settle down to the bottom of uh, what they call a settling pond. I don't know. Uh, they'll have or settling tank. And then the water's moved on through, and there's sometimes there's two and three stages of settling tanks. Uh, bigger and bigger stuff comes out. Um, and then eventually, at some point, you have to do something with those solids. Now, those solids are reused in a lot of ways. Sometimes they're composted back for fertilizer. They're, uh, and some I know there's some wastewater plants here in the area that actually compost it and sell it to make money, you know, to 
hold down the user rates for the people that are doing it. Uh, you know, that are um, you know paying for the sewer plant. Like if you've got, let's say you've got some town, well they settle out their solids, they mix, they take the solids out, they mix it with some stuff, they sell it as fertilizer. Well, that helps pay for the cost of operating the plant, hmm. and therefore keeps the water and wastewater rates down, and they don't have to raise the rates because they're supplementing the income with that. Interesting. So, so, uh, so then, if it goes on the garden, and you 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 know, growing your own little herb garden, you kind of eating your shit again, I guess. You could say that it's not quite <laughs> something interesting. You know, something that one thing the human body can't digest is tomato seeds. Really? And I have, uh, I know there was an instance of a, uh, t- I know of an instance of one town where, and this was early on when people started doing this, probably, oh, 35 years ago, if memory serves me correctly, that somebody did it, and they didn't quite process it real well, and there were a lot of tomato seeds in the fertilizer that people had got, and people were getting it and they were getting tons of volunteer tomato plants that were coming up. You know. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it was, that was interesting, but it wasn't being screened, I guess, well enough or something. I, I, that side of the business, I don't know that well. I don't, I, I know just generics about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, you know, they do that with stuff. They can do it with the solids and stuff and settle it out. So, yeah, you can you can do that. And of course sometimes you have big stuff that comes down the line. You'd be surprised. You will get pieces of wood. I mean a piece of a, a wall stud or something like that on the line and and things like that. But that gets caught before it gets into the plant because they sure. have big screws that catch catch That's, that. I I'd tell you what, some of the turds I've done in my lifetime, they'd get caught well before they get to the plant. <laughs> Well, at least be courtesy enough that you call the plant and say, look, one coming at you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good tip. An absolutely brilliant tip. Now, Kevin, just switching gears away from our asses for once, because I think we talk out of our ass quite a bit. Uh, Well, at least I do anyway. Um, Do you know that on my holiday... You know what, I couldn't hear you because the Skype's playing up and being an ass, and every time I'm talking, you can't talk again. Ha, 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 ha. No! Oh, there you go. <laughs> I hate Skype at the moment. Uh, you know, and you're the only person that Skype plays up with. Everyone else seems to go, well, Skype just doesn't like us talking. I don't know, maybe because Skype is open and I, I, I don't know. Maybe we talk too much crap. We we are full of crap, so I don't know that's um I yeah, you're the only person I usually have trouble with Skype. I've talked I mean I when I did NAMP last week while you were out on holiday, I mean I had uh Elaine over in the UK, I had John who's north of me, and I had uh, Julie who's north and west or north yeah, north and west of me. I had no problem at all. I call you, you're just a few miles further away than Julie is. <laughs> Only just over the border and over an ocean and so forth. Yeah, you know, it's really weird. I'd, I'd love to solve our Skype issues because it, it's hard to continue the conversation back and forth as easily as we like to without some disconnecting, reconnecting, re-recording. And it just gets very tricky and I, I really don't know what the solution is other than I try and do it from iOS because when we've done it from iOS, it never drops out. And this is on the same network. It's got to be something in the Mac. But the problem is that everyone else I call as well and, you know, doing all the shows I do, I have multiple people that I call each and every single week and it's all perfect. Also, when we do something like NAMP together and I call you with two other people involved for the Roundtable show... There's never a problem. There's never a dropout. I do not get it. They don't like... Skype doesn't like Geekiest Show ever. This... Skype sucks. It, as we like to say, it has severe vacuum action. <laughs> it does. It does. Down the proverbial. So, uh, anyway. So, the apologies to, uh, to listeners if we get any dropouts. We try to do our best. Uh, but we're at the mercy of a free service that is frankly crap. And no one else has come up with a better service yet. 
And when I say better service, there are better services. We, Google Plus Handouts are good. FaceTime's great. Uh, we need someone to write applications to record the audio from that or at least help us out with the audio. Now, we could probably get mixes and everything like that, but we're not making a dime on this show, despite what Tim promised us. Boy, I better cut that one out. Uh <laughs> Tim's been sending me checks. Aren't you getting them as I'm, well? I'm not, I'm, not get, I'm not getting the checks from Tim. I, I don't know. Maybe they're getting lost in the mail, just like the, the signal from Skype. No, I've been getting like five, $600 a week. Bugger. Jeez, I'm going to have to have a talk to him about that. Slave labor, I tell you. Slave labor. Uh, now, anyway, talking about making things a slave, Kevin... While I was away this last week, I, I was tossing up whether or not I should buy a MacBook and travel with a MacBook, or whether I should just go with the iOS devices, the iPhone 4 and the iPad mini, and I went with just the iPad, and I've actually done a, a bit of a blog on my own site about it, you know, each day, and I've still got a few days to publish, because of course in transit when you're on holidays, you can't get it out on t- don't roll your eyes at me, you can't, look... I had things to do. I had to argue with my mother. She was being a complete moron. So uh, You were looking at titties. That's what you were doing. <laughs> I, I, I was looking at all the women. Of course I was. Yes. And naked titties along with them. So I've got to say, my my son was also perving. There he is. He's five and a half. And he's looking, you know, eyes bulging out of his head. He's got no idea. But, you know, it's like, yes. <laughs> you know. Anyway. Um <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a, any female listeners we had Dorothy I apologize in advance <laughs> it's a proud father moment um, yes. it, so you know it, it's one of those things that only a father could appreciate I think it's just the seeing your son perv for the first time so uh, of course we're going to get some hate mail now <laughs> you're getting it I didn't say it uh, very funny. Um, anyway, so um, I, I took my two devices. Now, the one thing I didn't do while I was away was podcast. You know, I had an issue where there was seven of us traveling. My mother was there and she's got this high-pitched voice. Mark! Mark! Oh, my God. I want to strangle her like a damn pigeon. Anyway, <laughs> Kevin almost choked on his water. <laughs> Oh, dear God, I just had this picture of you having your mother about her throat going, <laughs> Trust me, I was close. That woman drove me nuts. I, okay, here's, here's, I'll, I'll tell you a story, and this is a funny one. So anyway, I did a lot of the cooking while I was away for the whole family. I love cooking, so that's fine with me. And I made spaghetti bolognese one night. Anyway, she ate all the spaghetti bolognese I gave her, no problems. Then in the morning, she's complaining to my aunt, saying... Oh, I didn't sleep very well. It was repeating on me, blah, blah, blah. And she said it loud enough so that I could hear it, but she wouldn't say it to me. Anyway, for for lunch that day, she was asked what she wanted for, to have for lunch. Anyway, we had a, a t- tins of spaghetti that you could put on toast, you know, the spaghetti and the tomato sauce. And she said, oh, I'll have spaghetti and tomato sauce. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are, are you fucking serious, woman? You couldn't do the bolognese, but you can eat the fucking... T- Spaghetti and tomato sauce? What What the fuck is the difference? And she goes, well, the, t- the spaghetti bolognese had red wine sauce. And I'm like, you didn't know that before you ate it. You couldn't taste the red wine. And the night before you drank red wine and you didn't have a... Pro- oh, look, she will complain about anything. Absolutely anything. <sighs> poor, poor little Marky. Poor Mark, that's right. Oh, look, Ed, trust me, everyone, by the time we finished the holiday, everyone was glad to see the back end of her. We were just tired of her. <laughs> and, uh, we sent her on her way. Right. Yep, that's your train. Goodbye! Uh, oh, you went by train? None, well, uh, we flew by plane, but coming home, we caught the train. Um, just because it was easier, but then... I tell you, it's, it's bloody expensive. Anyone coming out to Australia, do not use the airport um, train station. It cost me $44 to get from the airport to my home. Now, to give you an idea, I could hire a car for that amount and drive myself. To give you another idea, uh, 
Well, actually, no, I only had the one good idea. The other one wasn't too good, so I won't give you the second. <laughs> oh, dear God. He had one idea. He thought it was two, and oh, shit. <laughs> you, do you people understand what I have to put up with now? <laughs> do you understand why the next time, if Mark ever leaves the country, I am going to put him on the damn Titanic that's being built by the Australians <laughs> to get here? <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, not that's not a good idea. <laughs> uh, no, look, in, uh, in all honesty, it was a ripoff for four of us, for me, myself and Gretel and the two kids. It cost forty four dollars uh, for us to catch the train, and it, it should it shouldn't have been that much. It was just it's a ripoff to use the airport train system. So they just they screw you in Sydney. If you ever visit Sydney, don't use the train system. Get a cab to Central Station, then pay next to nothing at Central Station to go where you need to go on the train because uh, it was just a rip-off. I almost could have just got a cab, and it, the cab would have been a little bit more, but not significantly more. So, And then it took us four and a half hours to get home. So by the time the plane landed, it took us four and a half hours because we had to wait. It was Sunday. And on Sunday, the trains, even though there was no track work, they don't run up to Barara very often. So, and, that, and that's where I live. Um, you know, so, of course, international listeners will go, oh, well, where's that one? Look on the map. Look for Barara in New South Wales in Australia. And you'll find the tiny little outback community that I live in. And we're not really outback. But, oh, Kevin's got another letter. Is that the same letter? It's the same letter. Ah, there, there we go. Well, I, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna send you this beautiful meter maid. Uh, I just wasn't sure whether or not you'd be allowed to even look at it, let alone keep it, let alone put it up on display. But I still, bring it on. Bring it on. Sounds good. I shall send you a uh, a, a nice uh, Surfers Paradise Gold Coast meter maid. Actually, my uncle, he, he he's he's a funny guy. I really love my uncle. It, you know, it's a, it's a shame that uh, he's my uncle, not my father. Let me put it that way, because he's a brilliant guy. I just, you know, really respect him. And, um, but he, he went running after the meter maids so that we could take him and, ha- and have a picture <laughs> with the meter maids. So uh, he's that kind of larrikin. He, he's in his uh, mid-60s. But, you know, he's there and he's got a grin from ear to ear and, and both of the the lovely ladies were holding each arm and everything. He was in seventh heaven. So, uh, <laughs> yet, I, I, I will admit this much. I was too embarrassed to do that and to have the fight. I'm like, no, no, I'll take the fight. I'll take the fight. I was too embarrassed to stand in between them. So, uh, I don't know why I'm, I'm too embarrassed, but I, I was too embarrassed. Yeah, like like you'd be the ugliest bastard they'd ever had standing between them. <laughs> but see, that worries me. You, you, you know, it's like when you look at the photo, you, look, you see two pretty girls. You're always going to see one ugly bastard in between them, aren't you? I mean, you know, that, there's no guy in the world that could look good in between them. True. Very true. I won't disagree with you there. <laughs> Except for me. The... Um, I would look wonderful in between them. <laughs> I'm uh, a gorgeous, I'm a gorgeous, gorgeous man. That's why I do audio podcasts. Shut up, Mark. Go on. <laughs> yeah, next next week I'm recording video. <laughs> We're pumping out video, baby. Uh, actually, no, neither neither one of us wants <laughs> video out there. <laughs> we we have faces made for radio. That's the old saying. Absolutely. Plus, we can, you know, pull faces at each other and roll our eyes and the listeners don't realise that we're... One's falling asleep while the other's talking and and Kevin's looking like a zombie at the moment. So, uh, anyway, what were we talking about? We were talking about my holiday. I went to a train museum, which was super cool. Kevin, you're scaring me now. You, you, I don't know, you just... You look like a crazy man crazier than you were previously now we went to a train museum this is actually a really cool place i didn't know about so it's in a suburb called ipswich in uh queensland so you look up the um what's it called um the train 
The, no, no, the no, yeah, the workshops museum. So it's called the workshops museum instead of the train museum, and they've got a steam train that runs uh, periodically, and they've got all these classic trains and everything, and it's set up beautifully. You can get into the driver's seat, and you have these virtual reality, uh, you know, tra- train simulations that then you can drive in, and so you pull all the levers and everything as the train driver would, and you're driving down the track. It's just absolute. It, it was seventh heaven. They also had the areas, of course, showing how everything works. You know how the pistons work and and how the the engine actually works and everything. So they had all the components split so that you could see it actually working, which was really really cool to get that background as well. And just massive model railway as well. Big kids area, a lot of history. I bought a hat too. Uh, let's see, do I have it in my bag? I probably don't, unfortunately. I think I, I put it in the... Uh, no, I put it in the other case. That's unfortunate. I'll wear it for next week's show. And uh, so it's got the, the little logo on there. I was going to buy a couple of books and so forth, but uh, I didn't have time to really have a good look at the books and and find one that I really wanted. So uh, that was a bit of a shame. But no, absolutely great place. If you're ever in Queensland and you love trains, uh, go to the the Workshops uh, Rail Museum. Just absolutely amazing day out. Affordable for a family. And, uh, yeah, I I couldn't praise it highly enough. It's... uh, I actually wish... We would have spent more time there than we had a chance to. Yeah, that I mean, we both talked about our love for trains. I mean, I had the ultimate adventure last year when I got to go to Florida and back on the train. Um, and we're still amazed at the fact that you and I did a Skype call, you know. And that, worked, and that worked better than when we're in our home offices. Isn't that <laughs> ridiculous? But um, I, I do love trains. Now, I have to ask you, though. You said you were the train driver. You don't call it an engineer in that country, in your country? No, not really. I mean, it's always been referred to me as the train driver. Oh, that's the train driver, not the engineer. Um, we and, call and it the engineer. That's interesting because there's some games. Because I, I bought a game for the Wii for the kids. and It's a railway uh, game that they're really enjoying it. Uh, and they had other ones. And they had, you know, trains driver. So it's T-R-A-I-N-Z driver. And I'm not sure whether they come out of Europe or the US, um, but certainly out here, it's always been, oh, there's the train driver, uh, and then there's the conductor. So Yeah, we have the conductors, yeah. But no, we have the the engineers, the guy that drives the train, and then, of course, on the old steam, steam trains, you had the fireman. He was the guy that was either shoveling the coal or yep. the wood or, you know, depending on what it was, so. So I, I look at the term engineer... And I, I picture in my head something different than a train driver or the, the guy who controls the train. I look at an engineer as, as someone who creates and builds upon something that's already existing and, and solves problems and so forth, more so than someone who drives a train. You know what I yeah. mean? It, it, it's a, it's a, a terminology breakdown. And, and look, I may have the run end of the stick on either side of the fence, but just from... You know, what I'm thinking as we're doing the show live, it just doesn't sit right with me to call the train driver an engineer. It, in my opinion, it brings down the caliber of engineers that do other work. Well, you know, I guess I should be more sensitive to it since my college education and my degree is in civil engineering. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's all, you know, from the time I was a small child, it's always been called an engineer. I mean, it's, I, maybe, it'd be interesting to look at the history of that word in as it relates to this country, as opposed to uh, UK, Europe, and Australia. Because I'm, I'm guessing, I'm only guessing here. And if it generates mail so much, the better that people can answer the question. If it's an, if you call it a train driver in Australia, my guess is that's the term that's probably used a lot in the UK. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it might be. And, yeah, um, Thomas the Tank Engines out of the UK, and they call it the driver. There you Remember go. A lot of, yeah. So I'm not completely crazy, but uh, still... Not on that topic. <laughs> just on every other. Uh, 
But certainly the engineer, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, you look at it and you break down the word engineer and engine. So, you know, the engineer is the guy who controls the engine. The engine being, you know, what, you know, uh, pulls the train along. Um, And he's near it. He's very near it. Engineer. I mean, that kind of makes common sense. But then do engineer engineers get the shits that they're then referred to as simply train drivers? I don't know. <laughs> you know? Hmm. Interesting dichotomy. Very interesting. Don't now, know. That shall require further research. It will, to clarify that. And, and also to clarify, uh, you know, why there is that difference between the US and, and then the UK in, in engineer and driver. That would be very interesting to see why that's there. Yeah. Because it's a completely different word. I mean, you know, we've got similar words uh, that, you know, mean the same thing and maybe are spelt differently. I mean, colour and colour. You know, we use a U, you drop the U. Uh, we, of course, are better. You know, let's not argue that. The U is important. Colour... Not Cal or <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> Kevin's flipping the bird at me. But in all honesty, because I write for US centric uh, publications, I now write everything in US centric, uh, you know, word uh, word in and and you know even down to the punctuation. I've got to do it US centric. No one in Australia wants to pay me money to write for them. So you know what? If the guys in the US will do it, I'll I'll, I'll become. Uh, I don't want to say, a, you know, I won't say that word. Uh, <laughs> careful, careful. I, I know we'd need more than the explicit tag if I said what I was going to say. I, I, I am happy to oblige. <laughs> yeah. The, I don't think if the listeners could have seen your face, they could have seen the sarcasm in your expression. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. You know what? The U.S. pays my bills, so what can I say? Um... Yeah, so anyway, getting back to the, the story, uh, look, you know, absolutely beautifully laid out train museum, very historic. Uh, they had some of the classic carriages from, you know, the 1950s and, and earlier that you could get in and, and get inside and have a look at. They even had some of the first class carriages uh, that were just beautifully laid out, but they didn't let people in. They were just there and you could look through the window and, and see them. And it was like, wow, you know, that was railway travel you know, 50, 60, 70, 100 years ago. And you, you look at railway travel now and it's like, and the train I got on yesterday, it was a silver rattler, uh, you know, 30 years old, worn to hell, graffiti all over it. Last time it was cleaned, who knows? And, you know, it pisses me off catching modern day trains. It really does because they are dirty, they are graffitied, people don't respect them. I... And you know what? I'd love to say that it was the railways in Australia and in Sydney in particular not taking enough care to keep the trains up to date, keep them clean, keep the graffiti and so forth. But bottom line, I've got to say, I'm absolutely appalled with the people that catch the train and the the disrespect that they give these public transport methods. Um, You know, no wonder they don't, use the type of materials that they used to use 50 and 60 yeah. years ago because people treat them like shit. And I'm appalled with society when I look at stuff like that. You know, I, I you know, go onto the stations and <clears throat> even look at how the, the condition of the stations and why the fuck would the government turn around and, and spend money cleaning up people's messes and making something look beautiful and nice and, and and really, really, you know, put some some care into it when people just don't respect what's done. I just, I can't understand people. I, you know, I, you I know, think Pat Mann hit it on the head once that we've got six billion people on the planet and that's five billion too many. And I tend to agree with him. <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes I might agree with that to, statement to a little bit lesser degree, but... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, it's funny, though, in this country, uh, passenger rail service is very, very uh, spotty. It doesn't serve all the every place in this country, much to my chagrin, because I could travel a lot more if it if it did. Mm. Um, 
uh, in the places it does serve, sometimes it's a roundabout way that you have to go to get there. Uh, some train stations are very nice. The station that I left and arrived back into when I went to Florida, uh, Union Station in, in Washington, D.C., absolutely beautiful, beautifully well-maintained, very professional and clean-looking and all that. And the passenger trains in this country, for the most part, don't get graffiti on them. I, don't, I have yet to see a passenger train, um, and I'm talking Amtrak, which is the passenger mm-hmm. inner-city transit system. Um, they don't get graffiti. But the freight trains, oh, my Lord, do they get graffiti. I was, uh, and I'll have to send it to you. I took a video a week or so, maybe two weeks ago. I was fortunate enough to be stopped at one of the railroad crossings uh, here in town as a uh, uh, freight train went through hauling uh, liquefied petroleum nitrogen or something. I can't remember now. I'd have to go back and look at the video. Something highly explosive and highly flammable right through the center of town. <laughs> but um, the the car, the, all the uh, uh, car, tank cars that were on it, terribly covered in graffiti. Mm. And it, and my daughter was with me, and she was talking about, uh, oh, look at all that beautiful artwork. I said, no, that's vandalism. Yeah, that's but no, no, artwork. look at it. I said, it's vandalism. That property doesn't belong to them. And it's vandalism. But uh, the passenger trains in this country aren't too bad. The Amtrak train I rode on was fairly clean. And, you know, I mean, you can tell it has some age on it. um, But they're doing a pretty good job of keeping it up. But you got to remember, passenger rail service in this country was heavily subsidized for years by the federal government just to keep it from going under. Mm. Um, And it really fell by the wayside. Freight has continued on, but uh, passenger service in this country is... Abysmal. Unless you're on the East Coast. The East Coast and where I live, you can catch trains up and down the East Coast pretty readily. Um, And we even have from D.C. to New York and I think on up to Boston, they have something they call the Acela train, which is high-speed train travel. I think this thing reaches speeds of close to 90 to 100 miles an hour Mm -hmm. going between the cities. And you can go pretty quickly, almost as quickly... As by air. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I know people that have taken the train out of Washington and beaten people that flew to New York City. <laughs> that doesn't so, surprise me, to be quite honest. Yeah, and it's not cheap, though, if you take the real high-speed trains. But, you know, and that's a shame that, that it's so bad down where you are that the yeah, that they're it, abusing it. It's just ridiculous. And even Central Station, which is... Probably, well, it's the central hub for all the trains in Sydney. Every train passes through it. So I'd say it's still the biggest hub uh, in Sydney. You know, I remember when I was doing, uh, you know, my photography degree 15 to 20 years ago, I remember exactly how everything was set up. And to my disappointment, it's still the same. They haven't refurbished it. They haven't changed it. It's still as gritty and as, as disgusting as it always was. You know, same flooring on the platforms, same, you know, just really yucky kind of thing that they really need to upgrade. But as I said, if people don't respect it, why would they bother spending money on it? You know, it's it's just, it's a real disappointment for someone that loves trains. Uh, it's disappointing to see that it, it's really that bad. It, it is really quite awful. I, I wouldn't. Uh, really, I wouldn't like to see visitors from other countries coming and and seeing Central Station in the middle of Sydney. It is that filthy, that grotty, and that disappointing. Uh, it uh, would turn you off S- Sydney for sure. That's a real shame. Because I think, on the other hand, you would be very pleased to see some of the uh, bigger railroad stations uh, in this country. Mm. Now, some of the parts of towns they sit in, yeah, not so much, but. Um, but the the stations themselves are fairly well maintained. The really big ones, or at least the ones I've been through. I've been through New York Central Station, Washington Central Station. I'm trying to remember what other ones I've been to, but uh, yeah, it, you know, it's a shame. And and I really, it really disappoints me that that passenger rail service isn't any better in this country than it is. I mean, just like uh, when I was, I've considered going out to MacWorld. Mm-hmm. Um, the train route to go to Macworld is, it's ridiculous. 
it, it should be a fairly straight shot, you know, within reason to go across the United States. Yep. Granted, where I cross the Rocky Mountains, you know, whatever that would have to be. Oh, no, I got to go from Washington up to, I got to go north and west up to, uh, I think it's Detroit. Detroit, then I go south and west, and then I cut back up. And it's like, holy crap. It's like going around Robin Hood's barn to get someplace. <laughs> it, is, is this sort of an issue where you've got different gauge railways in the U.S. and that causes a problem? Or it's just all the same gauge and they just don't go where they should? It's all the same gate. It's passenger rail service in itself, uh, the routes that it takes, and the fact that that has gotten so bad that they only use certain routes for passenger service. And then, of course, once you get off the East Coast, it really starts to spread out. There isn't as much, there aren't as many cross-country tracks as there, there once was. You know, you can't switch and get across the country as easily as you used to, so... Because I wanted to, I actually thought about, well, maybe if that's such a pain in the butt, maybe I'll go south and go across the southern half of the United States. Nope, there's a huge gap where I can't even do that. Oh, wow. So I had crap. So, yeah, you, I don't. You'd really think that a country like the U.S. would have the capital cities linked perfectly to the rail network, wouldn't you? It's just, it doesn't make sense to not have it linked. I mean, I haven't really looked too much, you know, with the Australian side of things. I mean, you know, we've got a bigger landmass, I think, than the US. Uh, I may be incorrect with that, but uh, I'm pretty sure our landmass exceeds the US for the whole country. Um, And, you know, certainly we can go across the country on the Indian Pacific from Sydney to Perth. We can go up from Adelaide to Darwin and then from Sydney, we can go up to to Queensland, down to Melbourne, Canberra, and, and so forth. Um, but I, I think we've got to change it at different times as well. There's not sort of one train that goes right around the country to every single state, and certainly we couldn't include Tasmania in that because, well, there's a big amount of water in between us, uh, the Bass Strait. Yeah, so they they haven't figured out how to master a train on water yet. Give it time. Now, again, like I say, on the East Coast, the train that I took, which is, I think, the Silver Meteor, I don't remember if that's the northbound or the southbound, what they call it, it originated in Boston, Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. and goes all the way down to Miami, Florida, which that's a huge chunk of the East Coast that it follows down. Um I picked it up in Washington and rode it to Orlando, Florida. So that was a, you know, a huge, a huge section of it. But um, yeah, no, it uh, it does cover that that great long area. But again, that's right along the coast. To get inland a little bit further would be a little tough. Hmm. So, I mean, it's I don't know. It's just straight. Just like my family and I used to love to go to Myrtle Beach, and I thought, wow, I wonder if I can get a train anywhere near Myrtle Beach. Psst, no way. <laughs> It's like an hour and a half away from the nearest train station. I went, what the hell? Wow. So, That's pretty bad. I, I don't know. Here's, here's a, a spin on, on this for you, Kevin. Is Rao an old-fashioned way of traveling and therefore it doesn't get used as much? Now, we know, of course, people are traveling back and forth to work and that, but for leisure, I mean... Years ago would be, I think, a more leisure activity where you'd go on a holiday, for instance, you'd catch a train, and and it would be a journey. Now, I don't feel that that's the same. Planes are cheaper to travel on. Um, Roads tend to be a little bit better. Cars are certainly safer. I mean, has it fallen out of favour with the public? I mean, when I was in uh, Surfer's Paradise uh, this last week, they're putting light rail through, which is essentially just trams. So they're putting light rail through the whole city and uh, that'll share the roadway with, um, you know, vehicles similar to what they have in, in Melbourne, uh, in Victoria and Australia. Um, and that's going to be cool. I'm going to love going up there, you know, once they finish it in a year's time or something, hopping on the the tram and, and just going, uh, you know, down to the centre of town and stuff like that. 
But a lot of the locals are saying, no, this is just ridiculous. We don't understand why they've done it. It's not needed. It's going to ruin the the area and, and, you know, ruin our businesses and stuff like that. And I'm just wondering whether rail has fallen out of favour, you know, to these other methods of transportation. Well, I mean, in this country, one of the big things has sounded the death knell of um, trains and especially passenger service uh, post-World War II, well, even before that, was the car. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and the government deciding, you know, pushing towards the idea of the uh, highway system and funding the highway system and really improving it as opposed to improving the rail system that we had. The other thing is, if I remember correctly, I believe it was, wasn't just Ike, but maybe it was President Dwight Eisenhower, um, feared that when you had a rail system you had and used that as a primary mode of transportation, that you had, this is, you know, during the Cold War, you had um, a fixed system that was easily destroyed, mm-hmm. you know, could be targeted. And, you know, if you had trucks and stuff like that, I mean, uh, the the big trucks, the 18-wheel trucks that travel the roads and the interstates of the United States are, it's tremendous, the amount of trucks. I, li- I don't live too far off an interstate. Yeah, we have and, a lot of trucks. Uh, you know, where I live as well, going up and down the freeway to, to Queensland all the time, which is the state above us. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just out here, it's truck kingdom as well. We we still move a lot by rail, but not nearly as much as we used to. Well, it's starting to go back the other way a little bit. Freight is uh, because it's becoming cheaper. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a lot more, you can move a lot more freight with a gallon of diesel fuel on a train than you can on a truck. Um, so that is changing. And one of the things here in Virginia is that there's a huge port, uh, down on the, in South, uh, Eastern Virginia where freight comes in from all over the world on cargo ships, mm-hmm. but then they bring it by rail up to something called the Virginia inland port, which is kind of in the middle part, middle to the Western part of the state. And then right there near that, uh, two big interstates come together. So then they truck. Then they put those containers on the trucks and take them all, take the stuff on out further. Mm-hmm. Um, and the inland port's something pretty cool to go see. I mean, you see these trains come in with these huge containers. They dump them off, stack them up, and it's pretty wild the way they they mm-hmm. move freight through there. Um, so you know, it just the truck is the thing, and it's it's a shame. I I think people are also in such a big hurry anymore that you know they want to. They want to work right up to the last minute, then uh, take a vacation. They want to rush to get there, and, you know, it's, I don't know, it's it's just sad. I don't know any other way to describe it. It makes me very sad to see the rails not as uh, prominent in our transportation system as they once were. Because, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, if you travel by train, and you can, I guarantee you won't travel by plane if you don't have to. Because yeah. it's not as much of a cattle call. I mean, you can relax. You can enjoy yourself, be more comfortable. It's just much better experience all the way around. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, I don't mind flying. Uh, but then there's the waiting, the being at the airport at a certain time, the being accosted and called a criminal as you walk through security and then getting drug tested twice, which I got both arriving and and uh, and leaving, they did the drug testing on me. They they pull you aside, and it's like, we, we want to do random, and it's like, yeah, I've done this before. Here, I'll stand here. You can go through, and you can tap me with this little thing to make sure that I don't have drugs on me. At least they let me through. Um, but, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of hassle involved with that. you got to check your bag on at certain spots. and Whereas roll travel, it, it is more the leisurely approach, isn't it? It's... It's almost, and out here, we have a lot of holiday journeys. I mean, if you look at something like going on the Indian Pacific from Sydney to Perth, that'll take uh, three to four days, give or take, and then you come back and you do the same thing. I mean, that's your holiday. You you stop, you know, at you know quaint little towns that, you know, have 30 houses in them kind of thing. And, but that's your holiday. 
you don't go to Perth and then go, oh, I've got to go and see all the sights like you would if you flew there. Because the flying part is like, oh, yeah, oh, I flew in, okay, yep, three hours, done. No, you've had this whole journey and then you go back and have the journey. Because I've been talking about it with Gretel to say, hey, listen, you know, this is on my bucket list. We've got to do it. And she said, well, why is it on your bucket list? And it's like, because it's going to cost about 5000 per person to do the round trip. Wow. And, yeah. And th- that's to do it in first class. Cause, and that's why it's on the bucket list. I could do it for five, 600 bucks if I wanted economy, but if I wanted that, I might as well go and sit on a plane because that's the type of seating you get. I mean, I want the full, you know, kind of service. I, you know, I want to do it one time, not do it again kind of thing. And she said, well, why don't we just aim to go across from Sydney to Perth and fly back? And I'm like, no, because you won't see everything. She said, yeah, you will. You, you'll see everything. And it's like, no, because you'll be sitting in your cabin looking out one side, only seeing one side because the cabins don't go across the whole berth of the, the rail car. So on the way back, I'll be able to see what was on the other side because I didn't see it completely. Kevin, don't roll your eyes. Look, we may be going across the desert, but it'll there'll be a, a, a tree that I didn't see. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Never mind. The, uh, but what I was going to say, if you have those big cabins like I had coming back, because I did, admittedly, I was fortunate enough to be able to travel first class. The only part of the train car that my uh, whatever they called it a bedroom is what they called it didn't take up was the hallway and if i just looked out the door i could see both sides of the railway yeah i know but don't there was tell gretel that note to gretel <sighs> Mark's full of crap <laughs> it's on my bucket list you destroy my bucket list i'm coming after you no i won't destroy your bucket list you can do now if granted if you take the smaller uh what i had called a roomette i think going down no, you can't see both sides. Yeah. I will give you that. Unless the people on the other side of the train have their uh, door, door open, open as and well. Hurt. Yeah, then you can't. That, yeah, I, I will grant you. But still, you know. it, it's an enjoyable journey, isn't it? I mean, even if you do the trip more than once, you you want to look out and see what's there because you will miss stuff. You know, you, yeah. your mind can only take in so much and you're going quite fast. So you're not going to collect every little bit that you collected but it would just be fun to do it both ways do the complete trip and and you know if i want to fly i'd fly i don't want to fly i want to catch the train and uh yeah anyway so kevin that about does us for uh this episode of geeky shower i didn't even get to talk about how i was using only ios devices this week when i was on holidays we might have to talk about that next week and then i can yeah i want i I do. I want you. I want to hear about that, and I apologize. We because then, then I can tell you how I use my iMac at home as a security surveillance system, and I got notified every time there was movement on my iPhone, and uh, the stepson well, he got caught butt naked. Oh God! I know. He walked into the office, which is my lounge room, to get something. He was naked, full frontal oh. nudity, people, and. Uh, did you show Gretel? Yes. What did Gretel say? She rolled her eyes. And then I sent him a message saying, I'm very disappointed in this. You know that I don't approve of this. There will be consequences. But he apologized and I, I you know, I know I accepted the apology and the, the apology and it's like, but I've still got the photos. <laughs> I've got to delete them off my phone. It's like, no, I've got to get rid of them. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it, it's actually a really good system. It's um, I'll, I'll just tell everyone, since I've spoken about it, what it is. It's um, a little app called iCam, and it's like $5.49 Australian, so it would be like four ninety nine US. And uh, you can have up to three extra cameras connected to your Mac. So you can have four cameras in total, as well as the iSight camera. And, yeah, then when anything happens, someone moves in front of it, it pins you and sends you a message and it captures them and then you can watch it on live video over 3g and you can change the sensitivity you can turn it off so when he was home at night in the lounge room and i didn't want to be messaged every five seconds i turned the functionality off and you can do that without even logging back into your computer it is just brilliant it just sends it you know remotely via the 3g really really good app if you travel a lot and you want to 
just have something that is just, you know, offers you that little bit of security, uh, that's definitely the way to go. And, you know, it, it worked perfectly for me. I, I found out when he was walking naked around the house. So I can see it now. If I put that up and we go away on trip, I get pictures when uh, Lucy the cat comes through the room. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's stuff like that. But, you know, besides also making sure that he didn't walk naked through the house, uh, more importantly, it was there because not being at home and so forth, you don't want to be you know, burgled and stuff like that. So, you know, at least that way I could turn around and, holy shit, I don't know that person. I can call the cops immediately and I've got a picture of them right on my iPhone. And, uh, you know, it, when you're going away for a week, in, w- in which we just did, that's peace of mind that, you know, money can't buy kind of thing. It's just knowing that your home's okay, and if anything does happen, it's going to sprint up and send you a message and, and send you the photo of what's happening. So it's just good peace of mind, I think. Yeah, I would agree. I think that is a good idea. I might have to tinker around with that. That could be fun. I could maybe catch the kids when they were trying to beat on each other when I'm at work one day. Yes, you can. You can spy on people. It works really well. And you know what? It, it just... You know, when your screen goes dark, your screen's not on. It doesn't matter. Your screen will go dark and no one knows what's going on. And then you can say, yeah, what was this about? <laughs> True. That's a, it's always fun to see the look on somebody's face, huh? Yeah. How did you know that? How, how did you know? Trust me, I'm, I'm sure he was just like, what? Because I sent him a photo to say, you know, this is the photo I've got of you butt naked, full frontal. Not happy. And I'm sure he got it going, holy fuck, how the fuck did he do this? How, you know what I mean? Because not everyone's as nerdy as I am, of course. And uh, he would have been going, how the hell did he manage this? And uh, actually that app, I shouldn't take all the credit f- for it because uh, Glenn Kunzler from MacTrust.com, uh, he suggested that to me on Twitter. And uh, absolutely brilliant app. Thanks for that, Glenn. And, uh... Well, that about does it for today. I'll talk more about my tech usage next week, um, if Kevin lets me talk about it. Uh, you know. <laughs> and he flipped yeah, me the Yeah, I stopped again. you. I stopped you. Yeah, I really stopped you. Okay. We know the show. The show. We know. We are It's planned. a rat hole. It's it a rat is. hole. It is. This, so. this show just goes to hell every single week. But we love it. And we love our listeners, all three of them. Did we end up getting that one back that I, I kind of pissed off a few weeks back? No, but I've got somebody else now that I tie up and stick earbuds in and make them listen to it. Awesome. Brilliant job. And uh, for those people out there who want to know where they can find Psycho Kevin, Kevin, where can the listeners find out more about you this week? Well, they can always find me over on Twitter at uh, B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. Or you can go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder. And I need to, I was doing really good for a while being over on Google Plus in the last couple of weeks just with uh, life, lifeus interruptus, for lack of a better way of saying it in, in, in a, uh, Latin. God, I can't even speak. Um, I do try to hang out. I will try to hang out over there more. I'm getting more accustomed to using the uh, G Plus app on my iOS devices. So. I get annoyed with that app because it keeps notifying me every time people post something, especially if you're subscribed to the communities. And it's like, I still want to look at the communities, but I don't want to be notified all the time about a post in the community. Turn it off. You can turn that off. Can you? I know yeah. you can turn. Well, I know you can turn the notification off, but can you actually turn... Have it so that only community notifications are turned off. Because if someone messages me, I do want to know about it. I'm pretty sure. I know it's been a while since I did it, but I'm pretty sure you can. Okay. Okay, here we go. Posts and mentions. Mentions, shares, comments, comments on a post after I commented, and circle subscriptions. Okay, if I turn off circle subscriptions... We'll see how that goes. And oh, and, and it says here, communities invite me to. Actually, there's a few settings. I'd never even looked at the settings. There we go. And uh, yes, I'm a professional this... iOS user, and this is a guy who can really be on Geekiest Show ever and not another Mac podcast. I know my this stuff. This is the crap I put up with, people. 
And if you want to know more about what Kevin has to put up with, simply go and look for me at markgreentree.com. There you can find everything that I do, including this show that obviously Kevin is putting up with. Uh, you know, I post it on there as well. So uh, anyway, uh, to everyone who's listened and downloaded and subscribed, thank you very much. Until next week, take care. Kevin. Yes. You're up. I'm up. I'm up where? You're not. You're not hugging the geek. Oh crap! I forgot to say it, didn't I? Oh, until next week. Make sure you hug a geek. No, between now and next week, be sure to hug a geek. Jeez, like that wasn't an awkward ending. Yeah, well, we both have awkward ends anyway. So, <laughs> well said. Good night, folks. Ever think about becoming a podcaster? Thinking, wow, you know, that's probably way too hard. Well, we have a solution. The Stoplight Network is looking for brand new shows to join the network. Won't cost you a dime. In fact, you might actually make some money off of it. So if you've always wanted to podcast, and it seemed way too daunting, drop me a line. My name is Tim Robertson. I am the host of TechFan. I started the MyMac Podcasting at the dawn of podcasting, and I can help you get your podcast up and running. Simply send an email to Tim, that's T-I-M, at MyMac, M-Y-M-A-C, dot com. Tim at MyMac.com. Let's get your show ready for primetime. time.